Don't you just love it when you can confidently say that someone has your back? Hi, Dave Lee here, and that's the feeling I have with UCARE. Anytime I call them up with a Medicare question, I know without a doubt that a real person will answer, and they will work through my issues no matter how long it takes, and they won't hang up until I completely understand what's going on. Their people and customer service are second to none, and it's why UCARE has people-powered health plans. Don't hesitate to reach out to UCARE for help. Learn more at UCARE.org slash Medicare. This paid endorsement brought to you by UCARE. Today on my first concert. Yeah, even even when I was on with Charlie Bush in 1974, and Ktel sent me a cease and desist order uh, for mentioning every time I, you know, if I was talking to Charlie or I was talking to somebody on the phone, a listener was calling in, and the song was over, and oh, there might be a second and a half of dead air, <laughs> and and so the first thing when I flipped the mic open was oh. That must have been a KTEL version. <laughs> well, joining us today is a legendary announcer here in the Midwest and in the Twin Cities particularly. He kind of took KS95 to unbelievable heights and had success wherever he was through these years. He's in the Pavic Hall of Fame Broadcast Museum. He is Chuck Knapp, and I've known Chuck for a while. He's got some great stories we're going to share today here, and our thanks to all of our sponsors, propane.com, AquariusHomeServices.com. By the way, we are in the AquariusHomeServices.com studios. Our bank here at Talk North is Star Bank, and, of course, by our good friends at UCARE. Chuck, thanks for coming on. Great to hear your voice. Dave Lee, it's wonderful to hear your voice and uh, to think about you as a member of the Minnesota Broadcasters Hall of Fame as well after all those 32, 32 years in one job, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no one else would hire me, Chuck. That was the problem. <laughs> I, I probably went through 32 stations because <laughs> I couldn't keep a job. <laughs> Well, I still remember when you you did very well wherever you went. Oh, the interesting thing about Chuck, folks, is he covered a lot of formats. So musically, he uh, he covered a lot of different kind of genres, too. But before we get to any of that, Chuck, your very first concert, what was it? Where was it? Who was it? Well, I wonder. I think Jerry Lee Lewis in Glenwood, Minnesota. Wow. At the ballroom. That was the first one that I remember. Uh, and, and I was standing at the corner of the, of the stage where the oh. curtains hang and I was watching the killer, uh, as he just pounded, he just pounded the crap out of that, uh, that old <laughs> piano that they had on stage. And then of course he got out a great big plastic comb and he would comb <laughs> his hair back, you know, and, and then then the show started. He he started banging on the keyboard, and as he stood up, one of his feet would kick the bench that he was sitting on, and it went flying across the back of the stage. <laughs> and, and, and he was just a wild man in, in the late 1950s, and that's really the first concert that I remember uh, going to. Were you a kid coming over from Fergus Falls? Yeah, that's true. We were... Uh, we, we ran a few record hops. I was in a radio club, uh, and, and my first uh, job part-time was uh, doing the old-fashioned revival hour on Sunday morning, those big red vinyl discs that were oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> but twice the size of a 33 RPM. It was yep. unbelievable. 
And the turntable was so slow, the motor was so unreliable <laughs> that you had to start the thing in advance and hang on to the little red disc, which yes. we call slip cueing. <laughs> yes, I remember it. Or, or it or it would start up <laughs> before you find <laughs> you, you, oh what a, so we went to we went to the Glenwood ballroom and saw the killer. The other one that I remember seeing very early on was Dave Dudley when he was touring the Midwest with six days on the road. Oh, boy. And I'm going to make it home tonight. And and he was uh, pretty incredible to sit down backstage and have a beer with. And uh, just just a, a really nice guy. And the, the third concert that I remember was, uh, and I've got a picture of me flanked by the Everly Brothers. Oh, boy, and Don and Phil so, together. Yeah, some of the early, uh, some of the really early rock and roll, which was so much fun. Yeah. Well, how was it? How were the crowds at those uh, at those record hops you did, Chuck? They were packed. They, they were the, the record hops. I learned how to record hop from your friend and mine. The one and only Charlie Boone, uh, when he was in Fargo as a rock and roll disc jockey, he rented the Armory in Fergus, and he came down with the KFGO Platter Party. Oh boy! And and uh, rather than go out and dance, I would rather stand around and talk to Charlie. And he looked pretty lonely up there, you know, during the long songs, <laughs> all of two and a half minutes in those days. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were. Yeah. <laughs> oh my! And then, and then later, uh, top forty radio uh, program directors decided to speed up the turntables to make them even shorter. So instead of a, a song at forty-five RPM, we play it at forty-seven, just so we can get on to the next element quicker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I remember, Chuck, about those long shifts, too, when you'd work a Sunday morning like you did, and I'd always stack up uh, Rex Allen Jr.'s Ride, Cowboy Ride, or whatever, you know, Stairway to Heaven, whatever format you're in, the long ones, so you could go out for a walk, you'd go out to the building, maybe have something to eat. Well, uh, and, But there weren't many of them, because they were all so short. I, I didn't get the memo, so I wound up, when I needed to go take a body break, I played a, a Ketel version song, and that 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 caught me several times. And uh, even even when I was on with Charlie Bush in 1974, and Ketel sent me a cease and desist order uh, for mentioning every time I, you know if I was talking to Charlie or I was talking to somebody on the phone, a listener was calling in, and the song was over, and oh, there might be a second and a half of dead air. <laughs> And and so the first thing when I flipped the mic open was, oh, that must have been a KTEL version. <laughs> and and, and KTEL didn't like it and oh, actually boy. sent me uh, through, uh, I was at Hubbard at the time, and they sent me a cease and desist order, and they were going to try to make life miserable for me. Wow. Uh, KTEL was local, weren't they, Twin Cities Company? Yeah. And, uh, and, and so whether you had a turntable that was running at 47 RPMs or you played a KTEL song, the, all of us in those days were trying to create uh, more excitement. And the way you did that was to have that element of the music end just a little sooner. And then we could get back in and do what we do, going on to the commercials and then the jingle and then back to another song. 
<laughs> he is Chuck Knapp. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. He's our guest on My First Concert, Dave Lee here, all being brought to you in part by our good friends over at Propane. I want to mention, ask you, actually, are you prepared for power outages at your home or business? The North American Electric Reliability Corporation has issued its highest alert ever. The Minnesota Propane Association wants you to know that installing a propane generator will ensure peace of mind when the power goes out. Also, the same propane that powers your generator can also power all the major appliances in your home with on-site stored energy independent of the grid. Installing propane appliances instead of electric appliances in your home or business will also reduce the size and cost of a generator as well. Imagine running all your gas appliances at one time versus picking and choosing which electric ones to run during a power outage. Reliable, affordable, safe. Propane, the energy for everyone. To find out more about generators and propane appliances, by the way, you can go to the great website. A lot of stuff there at propane.com. Chuck Knapp is with us here. I'll say, uh, okay, Chuck, so you did the record hops. And then uh, after that, were you ever able to go to a concert just to go to a concert or were you usually always working it? Well, I, I was always at a different level. It's kind of like people who do radio. And when we listen to radio, it's different for us than it is for uh, others that are just enjoying and listening to it. The wheels are always turning. Something yeah. is always uh, going to come up. Or I've thought of someone I want to say hello to. It's always a little bit different. But it was wild and crazy and uh I wouldn't change any of it for uh, even that night uh, in the Warhead Armory when uh, Bobby Valine stood in. Bobby V uh, stood in that night and did that concert uh, that uh, Buddy Holly was supposed to have done. Uh, but, of course, the plane crashed. You know the rest of the story. And then uh, Bobby got up there with the shadows, sang the songs, and that was the launch, really, for his uh, national record career and yeah. that was quite, quite a night yeah what a, and, and yeah terry lee and the poor boys are there oh, was it, what a what a night it was boy for bobby v though you became good friends did you not we just had a wonderful time together and then later when he was living in los angeles i went out to uh see he and his wife karen and they were up on mulholland drive and they over overlooked all of the la basin including looking right down at hollywood and vine and just had a wonderful time with them. And then many, many years later, we caught up again uh, on KS95. He came in one night with, with our old friend, Ira Heilicher, who I knew forever. And, uh, and they were one of the two great uh, record distributing uh, corporations, both of whom came out of the Twin Cities. And so we had a wonderful time with Bobby doing something called uh, Where is Funky Town? as I recall. And, and uh, we had many, many guests that night, including Bobby that came in. We did it live uh, on the air. Uh, John Bream was there. Uh, Jimmy Jam was there. And just, just had a wonderful time uh, with Bobby as well. I was, uh, his brother was my roommate in Fargo. When everybody came through Fargo. I thought you, didn't you, you spent, you caught that disease as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. In fact, I turned CCO down the very first time they offered a job because I was having too much fun in Fargo. Isn't that something? And Charlie yeah. Boone came out of Fargo and there were so many people. I don't think you could count them all on your 10 fingers and 10 toes 
there were so many uh, wonderful uh, broadcasters that, that were blessed to go through Fargo Moorhead. And then to get out of there, which is another blessing, and to get onto the Twin Cities or wherever they were going from there. You know, you go back to, I mean, you think, I don't know, Chuck, if you ever sit and think about it, if it gives you chills, but that was an incredible moment in rock and roll history back in 59 that you were talking about. Yeah. That show in Moorhead that went on the day after. And, um, I mean, that 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 was some kind of piece of rock and roll history. And, of course, I don't know, because you were playing it uh, when you were KS95 probably, and that was American Pie. Did that song take on a little more significance to you than most, do you think? You know, I had dinner one night with Don McLean. It was uh, years earlier, and I believe, it, I believe the answer to your question is yes. And I tried and tried and tried to every, try to sucker him into telling me uh, <laughs> <laughs> if that's what that was all about, the day the music died. And I never could get it out of him, but I was on the air in Cleveland at the time, and he and I, just the two of us, went and had dinner one night. It was just marvelous to sit and talk and learn and, uh, and share different stories. Just, And I think it was. I think it was a part of the night that, that the music died. Yeah, no doubt about that. He is Chuck Knapp. Much more to come here on the show from the AquariusHomeServices.com studio. And uh, don't miss out on this fantastic news, by the way. I want to mention that Aquarius Jeff and his staff, they're having a Connecticut midsummer mega sale. It's on right now through August 12th. And they're, they're offering 25% off any new non-electric Connecticut whole home water treatment system. So that's a heck of a deal. That's what I have at my house. I've had mine for, gosh, a couple of decades. 25% off a Connecticut whole home water treatment system. So if you're ready for worry-free water, spotless dishes, and softer clothes, and I think about the home and I think about waters, one the maybe the most important thing, make sure that you got the good stuff. So whether you have city or well water at Aquarius, they work hard to earn the right to be recommended by making your home and family's safety and comfort really their top priority. And as your independent authorized Connecticut dealer, it all starts with a free, yep, free water analysis. I did that too. So learn how to save 25% right now and have amazing water. And if you're in your cabin, it, it, really think about this because they'll come out wherever you are. Visit KineticoMN.com. Schedule your free water analysis today and the mega sale on now through August 12th. Talking with Chuck Knapp. And Chuck is a Hall of Fame broadcaster and uh, through the years has met an awful lot of people. We've talked about some of these folks. Chuck, is there, are, among the concerts or among the music experiences you had, is there anything that stands out a little more than the others? Well, I just love music. I grew up in a home where my mother uh, had all the latest 78s and she played them all the time in the, the late 40s and in the 50s. And then my brother, who was six years older, Jim, uh, came along and started listening to Firehouse 5 Plus 2, uh, which was kind of the transition. And then all of a sudden, Bill Haley was there with the Comets and Rock Around the Clock. And then some guy from Tupelo, Mississippi came in, uh, Elvis, and really just knocked our socks off. And I loved the music all along the way whether it was working with Diana Ross or the Beach Boys a couple of different times or spending some time with Dick Clark and a couple of his shows at uh, Riverfest uh, down on the river in St. Paul, all of these concerts. I don't know. I, I saw the Moody Blues more often than any other group. Wow. Uh, uh, se seven times that I saw Holy the Moody's over the years. I saw Elton John when he was a backup act. 
Uh, no kidding. Uh, the birds were the front, uh, were the headliner in, at the downtown Cleveland at Public Hall. And oh, some, some guy that I'd never heard of came on, uh, of course, uh, opening act, and he just tore the house apart with everything as good as any Elton John you remember. And in fact, some of the people got up and left. Oh. Didn't, didn't even wait for the birds to sing. Wow. Did he, did he have any hits at that point? Well, I don't know. I mean, he was everything that came uh, out of his mouth and the, uh, the, the, the lightning and magic that came out of his fingers as he danced across the keys. Uh, he was a showman. And everybody knew when you looked at it and went, boy, there's a grand slam home run right there. That's a, that's a walk-off. And so many people did right after he was done. <laughs> I'm surprised the birds uh, let him open up. Uh, their mistake. But, but, and the birds were fine. They had lots yeah. of hits. They had turn, 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 and a lot of great hits at the time. And, uh, yeah. they, they, David Crosby and all, just incredible. Yeah, they were loaded with talent, uh, yeah. and then they had success with Bob Dylan songs too. Yeah, you know, so Mr. there were so many concerts. There was so many good things, so many great people uh, to meet along the way. You How know. was Diana Ross? Uh, she was uh, aloof, uh, uh, kind of kept to herself, um, which is okay if they want to do that. I'm okay mm -hmm. with that. I just want them when they open their mouth to sing their hits. Yeah, just yeah. just have the fun, you know. They, they when they're out on the road, that's not a good life necessarily. And oh, it's uh, tough, you know. And they get approached all the time. I kind of like to leave people alone when they were out. I even the last time I saw John Denver, uh, and I had played basketball with him and had a wonderful time with him a couple of different times. But the last time I saw him, I just left him alone. Little did I know. It would be the last time I would see him. How in the world did you end up playing basketball with John Denver? We had a, a several of the radio stations I worked for along the way uh, had uh, basketball teams, and that was uh, something that I really enjoyed playing. And we had a team in Cleveland, and we went out to high schools to play the coaches, which is a big mistake because they. <laughs> They bring four thousand kids into the uh, into the gymnasium, and they do not want to be embarrassed. They do not want to lose, and they really pour it on. So we are we're jocks, you know, in the sense of radio disc jockeys. If any of us were that good, maybe we would have played college ball or something. But uh, 4,000 people in a suburb just to the west of Cleveland, Lakewood, and John Denver comes into town and it's like, hey, would you play ball with us? We need some help. And he, he suited up and came, you know, not like he was Bill Russell or anything, but he was a lot of fun. And everybody enjoyed meeting him and, oh, uh, and playing with him and just had a wonderful time. He, he, was, he was terrific. And he had a, uh, he was driving a Porsche and I was driving an E-Jag and he wanted to race me and he told me that he would <laughs> whip my butt with his Porsche. And, and so we, we never did get to do that race, but it was fun banter. Oh yeah. And, and he probably wouldn't have whipped your butt, would he? Well, 
I, I don't know who's going to do what, but uh, talk is cheap. <laughs> <laughs> when you were playing hoops, Chuck, were you wearing that Fergus Falls Otter uh, jersey or not? I did uh, wear that uh, once in a while, and then in, Cle- <laughs> in Cleveland we had we were Supermen, the Wixie twelve sixty Supermen, and we had oh, the boy. big the big uh, logo on the front of the jersey. Uh, but it was uh, all of it was to raise money for the athletic association, and that's as you know. Where we had the most fun, I think, was going out to all the fundraisers and meeting all of these people, and and just I was with Ted, I was with uh, Kurt Gowdy one night in uh, Fenway Park, and he was, if you don't remember Kurt Gowdy, he was he was before there was Bob Costas, there was Kurt Gowdy would be one way to say it. Uh, he did the Olympics and uh, Wide World of Sports. He did so many things. He was our sports director at the radio station in Boston that I worked at. No after, kidding. After I left Fargo. And we were at Fenway one night doing a, a, a benefit for the United Way, which they call the Jimmy Fund in the East. Yeah. And, and uh, so we went out for the Jimmy Fund and Gowdy grabbed me by the arm and said, hey, Chuck, come here. I got somebody I want you to meet. Say hello to Ted Williams. And I thought I'd died and gone to Cooperstown. <laughs> you know, it was just an amazing night. Uh, so, yeah. You you wish you had your iPhone back then, don't you? Oh, I would love to have had a picture uh, with uh, Ted Williams. You know, that that's pictures. You know, you and I in the radio business, you're always moving forward. And this is something that uh, I heard Kim Jeffries say a number of years ago, that she was so busy moving forward that she couldn't remember what had happened the day before. Because yeah. everything is forward, forward, forward. What's next? What's next? I can only imagine what you juggled for the, what, 32 years that you spent on 830. Marvelous time. But, you know, you're always looking forward. And yeah. so, so here we are. Uh, and without the pictures, I wouldn't have a thing. Uh, I recently put a Facebook post up. I was on a team in Cleveland with Jim Brown. And I've got a picture of, of uh, Jim and I together in the locker room. Oh, and boy. I just I cherish it. You know, just, just, and, of course, he just passed away. But yeah. uh, just a tremendous man. And, boy, when he wanted to play ball, he forgot that it was basketball. And when you blocked him out, he put his head down. When you saw him put his head down, that that was the signal to get out of the way. And if, yeah. if you think they travel in the NBA now, you should see what Jim Brown did then. Uh, yeah, there, there's he's competitive. You know, that's what made him Jim Brown, right? He had that little edge in competition. You know, and we were we were on the same team with Curtis McClinton, who was a fullback for Kansas City at the time, but lived in the Cleveland area. And the great receiver Paul Warfield was oh on was on the team. Uh, but they all said, "Look out! Look out! Jim's Jim's headed for the rim." And, <laughs> and oh, but those were the days. Gosh, you made me think of. I remember playing basketball when I first came here uh, over at the old Decathlon Club. Remember that mm-hmm. before it burnt down. And it was, uh, we're playing some of the Vikings, and uh, I was going in for a, a drive, and Jim Brown, and I think it was Bob Lertzema were at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. So I went between them, and they knocked me to the floor, 
stare, stood over the top of me as we're playing and said, you're not going to call a foul, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, that was a clean hit. Yeah, what could you do? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. fun. What an opportunity for us. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chuck Knapp is with us, Hall of Fame broadcaster. This is my first concert. Appreciate Chuck's time here today. By the way, he just had a great fundraiser. I'll have to mention that here in just a second. You know, uh, Chuck's talking about Fergus Falls and talking about Glencoe or Glenwood and places like that. That Star Bank started in rural Minnesota a long time ago. It's family-owned. Still the same family owns it, except they've expanded over 10 communities here in the state of Minnesota now, including right here in Minneapolis-St. Paul, but they still serve uh, the towns around rural Minnesota, and they kind of got going in the ag business. But I got to tell you, if you're looking for a home equity line of credit, if you're looking for a home mortgage, a business loan, uh, even a loan for a camper or RV, they handle all those things. And the thing is that there's second to none. There's no red tape or any monkey business once you've applied for a loan and submit your documentation. And you can call them, and they're going to answer the phone with a real person. That might throw you for a loop in this Ooh. day and age. Ooh. Chuck and I are talking about, you know, wishing we had uh, the cell phones and the camera phones back in the day. But uh, they still have that old-fashioned type of service. Oh, yeah, they've got the technology, too, for all the apps and everything you want to do there. So that's not a problem. But it's kind of fun to walk into a bank and have them know who you are. And you walk out and you know them. Star Bank, family-owned, Minnesota-based. So get a hold of them. Just call your local Star Bank branch today or stop in at your convenience. They're our bank here at TalkNorth.com, by the way. Loans are subject to a loan application approval. StarBank.net, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Hey, Chuck, of all those uh, shows and people you met, I'm not going to ask you to pick out one golden moment with them, but among the top moments, I mean, you're, you're meeting Ted Williams, you're meeting Diana Ross, you're, you're, you're standing there with the Moody Blues, and on and on the list goes, and you're there in 59 when, uh, when the day the music died. I mean, mm. it's phenomenal history you've had through the years. But what's, are there some that stand out above the others? Well, I think there's always, you know, depending on on what your uh, real true taste uh, that runs deep in music is. Uh, certainly, uh, I love the Eagles and and love uh, playing their music, uh, love listening to them. Uh, there are so many special moments with so many people uh, having. Uh, I, I had Rich Little. I bet Rich Little was on with you, and he was just tremendous with the voices that he could do, and, and just the biggest gentleman. So at least on the air, it went from uh, people like Rich Little and, and Kenny Loggins, and then on the other end, uh, Squirrely, uh, what's his name? Well, Richard Simmons. Was, oh, yeah. yeah, he, yeah. He, he was just unbelievable, and he would come running down the hall. Uh, <laughs> Uh, at, at KS95 to get into the studio in the morning. And uh, uh, he wanted he wanted to uh, give my partner a big hug. He, 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 he always wanted to hug donuts. And, and, and it got so bad for Michael that he would lock himself in his studio so that Richard Simmons couldn't get in. <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, you had a lot of people come through. Yeah, Howard Costell, a lot of lot of different people at uh, a lot of events. Half of whom I think I have forgotten, if it weren't for the fact of pictures, and then running into people that uh, 
say, well, do you remember? And I go, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, oh, I do remember that. But I, yeah. you know, there's only room for so much between the ears. And the older <laughs> I get, there's less room all the time. And, and so I forget all kinds of things that we got to do from the charity events and the concerts and then the antics on the air. And I don't even think about moving from city to city, from Fargo to Boston, to Cleveland, to Atlanta, to Chicago, to Minneapolis, to Philadelphia, back to Minneapolis. I don't, I don't even, uh, I had a friend that moved so many times he had inflatable furniture. And when, <laughs> yes, this is all true. And, and when he left, all you heard was, <laughs> as the air went out of his furniture and he moved on to the next <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a life of a radio, kind of a better one. You know, you're from place to place and you never or seem to be locked down for a long time. Nature yeah. of the beast. I mean, I went through all those cities and never bought a house until KS95, 1979, 1980, before I ever bought a house. Other than that, it was apartment living and renting houses and uh, uh, looking at things in boxes going, oh, I should have marked that. I wonder what's in that <laughs> one. <laughs> You still might have a few of those unopened. Yeah, I think I do. The the fundraiser, I I do want to mention a recent one that you're doing now. You've never really stopped doing that, and now you're really uh, on board and helping out the Alzheimer's Association quite a bit. Well, uh, that's that's, uh, really the desire of uh, our hearts. My wife, Cheryl, and I, we lost both of her parents uh, to Alzheimer's, and that's pretty rare to lose two parents, uh, but it does happen. And uh, so we left Minnesota and moved to uh, Arkansas to take care of them. And her dad had been on the Minneapolis PD for 20 years and retired and fell in love with the Ozarks and went down there. And so we lost him in 2010 and then we lost your mom in 2016. And Cheryl wrote a beautiful book. Uh, 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 that that just continues. It's a very inspirational book. Uh, It's really about uh, looking through scripture to find the things that God says about how to cope with these kinds of things. You could be caregiving for uh, someone in your family with cancer or ALS or you name it, and it's still caregiving. And she's got uh, Undefeated Innocence is the name of the book. It's on Amazon. And it's just really a sweet uh, story of her two parents and our involvement in that. And then also hope and inspiration uh, taken from Scripture uh, of what God says and how we can how we can move ahead with our lives. So it, it's a joy. And I can't thank you enough for wanting to lend your name to the broadcast and be a part of it because we were totally blown away. Uh, when when we did a little fundraising, we had no idea that uh, you'd be there and Ron Shera would be there and Denny Long and so many other wonderful people would show up and the listeners would respond in five hours with over $17,000 for Alzheimer's research. And, yeah. and it's, it's a joy. So thank you for being, we do it every day. It's called every year. It's called the longest day. And that is on the 21st of June when we have the longest daylight. And uh, then the reverse of that is true for Alzheimer's. You know, they they have the longest uh, 
nightmare kind of that's a yeah. long can be a long long disease that road can last 10 years easily it's a hard one and it, it i can't think of many people that aren't somehow affected by that so yeah. congrats to you and cheryl for getting that done chuck when you got into this broadcast business by the way speaking of inspirations did you mm-hmm. have one what made you get oh. into it who who was it well he just passed away uh and and i was in my basement in fungus falls i was a, <laughs> i was a <laughs> I was a sophomore, and uh, oh, there's fungus among us. Uh, there's a, I was a sophomore in high school, and all of a sudden, a station in Chicago changed format. And so in 1960, WLS went from barn dance and everything that they had done so well uh, in the 30s and 40s and 50s, and on came a guy named Dick Biondi, and he was having more fun than the law would allow. Uh, He sang a song called the pizza song, and it was just silly. It was just nonsensical, and he had more fun between the records. And I thought right then and there, you know, I wonder if I could ever do that. I was just looking to see if I could get a job on a station in Fergus. I (laughs) I had no idea that eventually I would sit in the hot seat at WLS and be allowed to do that for uh, a year or two. And uh, he was a big inspiration. And there was a guy on KOMA in Oklahoma City that was a big uh, inspiration. Uh, he's passed away as well, but his name is Chuck Dan, Chuck Riley. He did so much freelance on the West Coast in the last 10 years of his career. But there were people that taught me. I had mentors all along the way. And quite frankly, Charlie Boone was right there amongst them. Uh, as one of the guys that I looked up to and I thought, boy, I wonder if I could ever do that or am I going to be selling used cars the rest of my life? <laughs> yep. Boone in the afternoon. I still remember yep. the, the logo yep. for that. Yeah, he yeah. was what a great guy. What a great mentor for you and, and one of mine as well. So, hey, Chuck, listen, I know I've already kept it a little longer than I said I would, but it's great hearing your voice. Uh, congrats on everything that's happened, particularly you're keeping it going with this Alzheimer's effort now you and your wife and uh so i salute you i think we all salute you for that but thank you uh, i think we could probably go easily another couple of hours and uh, we'll do that one day i'm going to drive over to your cabin and we're just going to sit down and and i won't i'll be the thing that wouldn't leave well i just want you to come to the end of the dock i've been i've been sitting on the end of this dock for 39 summers uh this this i bought this place in 1985 and it's just a joy uh, to come here and and so we live here and then in the winter time I, I've retired from shoveling and so uh, I watched last winter on the Weather Channel so I could keep up with what y'all were <laughs> what y'all were shoveling <laughs> yeah, that's right so there was some sympathy there that was great Chuck thanks a million great Thank to talk you. to you again as it's always great, great to be on the podcast with you david continued success I, I love you and appreciate your support so much and having me on come out here anytime i dare you yeah <laughs> <laughs> careful what you wish for thanks chuck <laughs> thank you he is hall of famer chuck knapp there's so many great stories we just touched on some of them and uh, just a great great career and it continues by the way and our thanks to our sponsors here propane.com the aquarius home services Studios, check them out at AquariusHomeServices.com, StarBank.net, UCARE, and uh, it's great having you on. Davide, thank you for putting all of this together. As usual, our great music engineer, we got a professional that puts this together down here 
at Creation Studios in South Minneapolis. And we appreciate his time and his talent, by the way. The pride of Basel, Switzerland. Dave Lee here. I'll see you next time. Download us anywhere you get your podcast: Apple, Spotify, TalkNorth.com. And we will see you next week on My First Concert.